queermusicals.com podcast. Hey everyone, my name's Jazz Terry and my pronouns are she, they. Come on, sis. Hey, <laughs> my name is Jill Foster and my pronouns are they, them. Hi, girlies. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my name is Aaron Shales and my pronouns are he, him. So uh, we're going to come on to this in a bit. So the thing that these three people all have in common is that they have just finished a lovely run of Anne Juliet at the Shaftesbury Theatre. I'll go first. Go on then, Jazz. I think, um, like a lot of performers, I realised I wanted to do it from a very early age. And I just trained. I went to, like, a lot of amateur, like, we all love it, don't we? Like, you know, your little... Your amdrams. Your amdrams. Yeah. (laughs) I did that. And um, then I wanted to take it more seriously. So then I decided to go to, like, a musical theatre troupe called West End Kids. Okay. um, And I did that. And then when I was at the age two audition, I auditioned for drama school and then, yeah, went out and then did my first job, ended in a pandemic, which was lovely. Uh, Always a joy, yeah. And um, yeah, then joined Juliet. So that's sort of really me. Like, it's very sort of the same. (laughs) You you did Kinky Boots, didn't you? Yes, I did Kinky. It was an absolute dream. Um, Kinky Boots, to me, was the first time I actually saw myself. Um... I remember going to the theatre and literally being with my mum and I was like, oh my gosh, this yeah. is everything. Like She's I was yeah. I was obsessed. <laughs> I was obsessed. I think I saw that show literally about 27 times and I was in Lincolnshire, so I would literally finish sixth form. <laughs> like me and my friend Sydney, we would literally get um, like, you know, today ticks. It wasn't such yeah. a big thing that it was mm. now, I suppose. And so we literally... <laughs> Yeah, we literally got like um, really like we won a lottery and then we used to literally bounce from school, get changed, get on the train, bounce, see the show, then bounce back home, then do school again. And that's it. Like, I don't get how we did it. I don't even know how I had the money, if I'm honest. (laughs) But um, we did that. And Kinky Boots was such a full circle moment because I never thought that it left town while I was training. Mm. So then when the opportunity came, I just went. I was in training, yeah, and I just went, I'm going for it. And I just literally emailed and just went for it. And then I booked it and it was just the most, yeah, I just, it really did felt weird. Hit? I remember literally telling you and being yeah, like. Yeah, you did, I remember. I literally was like, what? We were both <laughs> obsessed with it because oh, we, we would go with each other when we were at Bird yeah. to go and watch Kinky. And it you was, booked it, what a madness. Yeah, and it was the most fun I've ever had on stage. Like, oh. It was, I'd do that show in a heartbeat. It was great. So fun. It's such an amazing <laughs> show. As well. And it's such an amazing show for like a, a black actor to be, to be playing like a femme character, isn't it? Absolutely. And also the message is just be who you want to be. Yeah. Like it is that journey. And um, I think that was what was so beautiful about it. Um, it was a journey of like acceptance. And I think it was so special for me to watch that but then also to be a part of that and to inspire and influence audiences to me was like like I say like the full circle moment of it where I went wow like I'm really out here doing the thing for myself like I felt like I came out there and I was growing um in my queerness yeah compared to yeah I just felt like it really even though being in it you think oh it's just a job where me it was so much more like going out there and giving that 
energy, it just started my whole journey really because then I ended up being like, wow, I just want to be like this all the time. Yeah. And then it started the whole circle. So um, yeah, Kinky Boots was a blessing. It's amazing. I mean, the thing I always find weird about Kinky Boots is that Harvey Fierstein once said that he had created, I don't know how this works, but had created the role of Lola as a straight man, mm. which I always find really Really? Bizarre. Yeah, yeah. And then Billy Porter, oh. <laughs> Billy Porter did an interview a few weeks later and went, well, I never played it as a straight <laughs> man. Oh, my God. <laughs> God, that would have been a totally different story. It is. Yeah. And it's, I mean, to me, wow. the, the problem, I can see what Harvey Fierstein is saying, which is that there aren't many stories about straight men who, um, who, um, dress differently or who are gender non-conforming yeah but also you don't there know. aren't any stories about black queer people yeah full stop absolutely. really so to me it's really important and, and i love the fact that every time it's cast it tends to be cast it tends to be played that way uh, as a queer character anyway i think yeah. that's really important it's a true story as well so they have mm. to i feel like that is why it's set out the way it is i feel yeah. like if it ever was to come back i feel like it would be a very interesting conversation as to what that whole storyline is mm. i'm so glad you found like that role so early on as well that's i was fantastic. literally baby lola i was literally like 19 like 20 mm. it was yeah. the most amazing experience but being an angel like you could very similar to juliet you could literally do no wrong in terms of yeah. you be yourself you bring yourself to that mm. character and so that's why it was just so much fun to be like <laughs> in the middle of the ocean like <laughs> literally just having my be- like literally living my best life at, at such an interesting age. Yeah. That's amazing. Thank you, Jazz. <laughs> Who would like to introduce themselves next? I don't mind. Go on then, Aaron. I don't mind either. Oh. <laughs> um, so, hi, I'm Aaron Shales. My pronouns are he, him. Um, I always loved the idea of performing from such a little age, mm. but I just never knew how to sort of get into it. So I always used to watch my sister go to dance classes, oh, yeah. uh, my older sister, and she'd come home and she'd show us like the routines that she'd learned and I'd stand behind her and copy her. Um, <laughs> and that's all I used to do. Like I always wanted to go to classes and it was never that my parents like wouldn't let me. It was just, they were more like, well, if you want to go, then like find somewhere to go, like find what, what you want to yeah. do. And I just, I think I was always at a younger age, scared to like delve mm. into it. But then when it was a part of like school, so like school shows and stuff, yeah, yeah. because other, you know, boys um, and like quite stereotypical, I mean, I don't mean stereotype, but like, you know, quite masculine boys at school would do the school shows as well. I was like, oh, well, this should be mm. cool. Like, this is cool. So that's where I really like, found my love for it like yeah. i always used to copy my sister like i said at home but i started in school shows um and then moving into high school um i did more and more school shows and my high school you know public school but we did a lot of Ooh. high budget sc- <laughs> school shows did you i did starlight express no oh way oh my god what and you all learn rollerblading um so you had to audition to get into the show and then you have to do a second audition to get and you on got skates and i didn't get on skates so i was in the choir oh, no. <laughs> i'm howling oh. at that i was fuming starlight express at a school oh, year nine. i was year nine they built a ramp uh, <laughs> 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 um, and yeah, I was in the uh, the choir. We were the oh. um, handymen of the of Ooh. the trains. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, trigger him. <laughs> um, and we had to wear dungarees and the coloured top and the Primark white pumps. You know, for, like, oh every school show, <laughs> Primark white pumps. pumps. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we did loads. We did. 
Well, they did Phantom of the Opera and I didn't get in that year. Nude. Oh, um, you'd be a great Christine. At least he sent me, I'm coming for your gig. <laughs> um, and yeah, so I did that um, all throughout my time at school as well. And I just loved it. And then I actually started taking dance classes when I was 16. Mm. Um, I started one dance school at 16 and that was in the freestyle world, lol. Um, <laughs> but I didn't do the fast and slow elements of it. I just did... Um, Medium, like, no. No, no, no. Like, um, so there was, like, there was like four, in my dance school anyway, like mm. in the competitions that we went to, there was like fast, slow, street and rock and roll. Gotcha. And I did, I did all the classes, but I only competed in street and rock and roll, which was really <laughs> fun. I came in national second. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, I did it at Blackpool, did it at Blackpool, competed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then at 17, I joined a more like traditional dance school as well, like Ballet Tap and Modern. I had no idea what I was doing, didn't know what a tondu was, but yeah, mm-hmm. we moved. I was quite academic at school as well, so when it got to like, you know that time when you come into the end of your GCSEs and like my school had a sixth form and it was like, what are you going to do, what are you going to do? Um, like careers, teachers or whatever that didn't really know me would be like, um, yeah, you're really academic, so don't bother performing, it's a waste of time, it's, uh, it's, mm. it's not practical, like do your maths because I was really good I was really good at maths but then I got six form and I was like yeah I still love like the academic side of things like I did a little A-level maths and stuff but I was like oh no I still want to perform so then um yeah just started looking into like where I could train and I auditioned and then I trained up north um because I got no funding to train in London poor people problems <laughs> um <laughs> and um yeah, so then I trained at a college called SLP in Leeds. Okay. Um, and then once I finished training, I um, signed with an agent and I just really wanted to work, started auditioning. And then I think it was like a few months after graduating, I got the audition for Julia. And then six months after graduating, I got the job. And yeah, and then yeah. I delved straight in and now we're in unemployment. Uh, correction, fun employment. Fun employment. <laughs> but I would like a job, so if anyone's out there, <laughs> It was really interesting, Aaron, looking through the roles that you played in training, because you did some <gasps> Did you look? I did oh look. Oh, my God. In my second year, the third years, they needed more um, boys, air quotes, mm. um, for their production of Legally Blonde, um, which... I'm not trying to big Joe up here, but um, is my favourite musical of all time. <laughs> so when I knew they were doing it and they needed more, um, I got put in and me and the director clicked uh, and he was an external director and he directed the national tour of it that went out a few years ago with Lucy mm-hmm. Jones. And I just loved it. I got to be like really open and queer and he was like the first person at college um, like that really sort of asked me who I was. Mm. Like... The other teachers knew that I was, you know, like just really open and different, but never really spoke to me about it. Yeah. But he really wanted to know and understand and really work with, like, with that, mm. um, which I loved. Um, so, like, I was one minute I was Sunday Padomadom, um, oh and then I know Asian factor, <sighs> and then but then in the other scenes he was like, oh, I need a key key in like the hair salon, and he mm. was like, 
oh, who do I get? And he could have easily gone for a third year. You know, it's their musical. Sure. But he was like, where's Aaron? I need Aaron. <laughs> Use me. And I was literally in like every scene because of that. Because he was just like, I want you to be you. He looked through my Instagram and saw my outfits. And he was like, I need you to wear this in this mm. scene as Kiki. Like, bring your heels in. Like, all of this. And it oh, was so on. fun. Yeah. I actually loved it. Yeah. And then... Just after that, it was time for my year's musical and we were doing Thoroughly Modern Miller and I got Trevor Grade in the third. Um, I wanted Jimmy, but whatever. Um, <laughs> Don't we all? Yeah, I want. Uh, but I got Trevor Grade in the third and it was fun, but we never actually got to perform it because of the pandemic. Yeah, pandemic yeah. Um, we were literally like, it was a week before we were meant to perform it that the pandemic shut us. So then third year, we did Bad Girls. Like watching it, I was like, right okay but then it was actually a really fun experience because harry blumenau he used to come in like mm. uh come in and do uh shows as well and he directed that one he um he cast me as the lead which um was jim jim fenner and i was quite surprised but i worked hard but it was very hard to play um but do you know what? That was such an experience in itself to do that role. Um, because I just always think, um, you know, we are very different people, me, Joe and Jazz, and um, we all identify in different ways. And, like, my pronouns are still, like, he, him at the moment, but I'm very, like, wishy-washy on pronouns. But I just feel like sometimes the queer people are the ones that get made the beeline and, like, the supporting, the comical, whatever. Mm. Like, always the never the 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 one yeah and i felt like even though it wasn't a queer role to be made the one as a queer person and very much not looking as someone who would play jim mm. you know mm. stereotypically so yeah i really enjoyed my time at college and playing those different types of roles and getting to explore and yeah and then getting to watch you know someone like may on stage and then playing it a few months later like absolutely insane but yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah, thank you, Aaron. Thank you. And hello again, Joe, because Joe has already yeah. done an episode of the podcast. Yeah, oh, and we asked, we asked them back. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's so funny. Um, yeah, so thank tell you us a little bit. Me. No, that's it's a pleasure. I, I think I'm trying to remember what we covered last time. I don't think we talked very much about how you got into musical. We talked about. I remember us talking about Oliver and Annie. Oh my gosh! How <laughs> we were like, why is Annie the most queer icon ever? <laughs> 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 that ginger curly pear. Would you dye your hair ginger? Would you dye your hair ginger? I would. I would, Franny. <laughs> Franny. I was saying, and we talked about Nancy. We and Nancy. Did. Oh, God, I'd love that. Imagine <laughs> getting to sing Nancy every night. Put it out there, put it out there. No, um, how did I get into musical theatre? So I, to be honest, I just went to an Amdram. I think I was probably a bit of an attention seeker when I was younger anyway. I didn't really have, like, the most friends. I wasn't very social. Younger. Yeah. Still am. <laughs> so my mum and dad, I'm talking child, mm. but like my mum and dad were like, obviously, oh my God, we need to get him into, um, you know, Amdram and stuff. Oh. I was trying everything. I think I was doing like karate, swimming, horse riding. I was doing the whole shebang. Oh, I did like, horse riding. Yeah, I loved it. Oh, I loved it. I was, that horse. Yes! <laughs> 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 uh. No, but yeah, it was, and so everything, and then obviously we tried drama, and that obviously just stuck, and I, that was, you know, you when you're younger and you're queer and you're going through stuff or you're in the closet and you're in a space like that where you're brought out mm. and people, um, I guess that's why a lot of queer, you find there's a lot of queer people in entertainment and, yeah. you know, in stuff that's creative because essentially you, you bring your own experiences or you bring yourself to it, don't you? 
So, yeah, I did that. That was cute. So I did a couple of am drums here and there. And then I think everyone just started going to drama school. Everyone went to college. Yeah. So I went to Pendleton in Manchester. Mm. Oi, oi. Uh, oi, oi, up. <laughs> and everyone went there. And then, you know, we went to Pendleton. You work hard. Everyone then goes to drama school. So I went to drama school. I did both this year. That's how I met Jazz. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. we had a ball, didn't we? Yeah, we did have a ball. So me and Jazz have been friends for quite a lot of years. But um, I've only just recently met Aaron on Juliet. And right. it's a <laughs> pleasure. Into Aaron. <laughs> better be. Better be. Yeah. Um, and then so, yeah. And then obviously drama school, pandemic, half of it uh, online, which was right. Um, <laughs> And then, yeah. And then book rents and mm. and then now i'm here doing juliet yeah. it was so funny last time i was here literally it hadn't i don't even think i was supposed to say anything but we said it and then yeah. you put the podcast out after it got on that's right yeah so yeah yeah and then i just did me and it was just the most amazing like full circle moment Aww. i feel like also it was a full circle moment because us two were so <laughs> close as friends yeah and then when obviously i heard you were in for it yeah. i was like if this happens mm. <laughs> oh my gosh because like the journey from probably five years ago yeah. to now we would have never like never. we were like popping up pussies in freedom like yeah. as you do with drama school like like oh my gosh imagine like you look so up at cute. those people and you go oh wow like they're doing what we want and do. we want to do that and then to go out there and be like not only that we are very much found ourselves as people yeah. together yeah as well which again was just an amazing thing and you had you you know you started ex- coming out with more of like who you were during Juliet yeah. as well mm-hmm. yeah and like i felt like i kind of was at a good place when i started Juliet, and then if anything it solidified it more i guess you're when you do it for me i just felt like i was just talking my own experience every day yeah, you know telling that story of exactly on that stage every night so it's not really a, a challenge as such because i mean it's a challenge to dig into it every night mm. you know you have some nights where you go oh here we go again let's do it but like mm. in terms of like speaking your truth mm. it's the most like powerful thing you can do you know what i mean If you're interested in LGBTQ plus representation in musical theatre, check out our website www.queermusicals.com for lots more information about musicals with LGBTQ plus characters. Um, I was just going to add on to that because we're obviously <laughs> talking about being queer in theatre. Yeah. I just feel like what Joe was saying is, I feel like for me it's really being queer in theatre it's like a two sides of a coin, I think. I think mm-hmm. one side of it is beautiful. Mm-hmm. You have euphoric moments. You, um, We are in an industry that is inclusive, has different like sizes, people from different backgrounds. You are, you are around actors and creatives who are all mostly fighting for the same sort of safe space, mm-hmm. um, which is great. But then on the other side, um, it can be quite draining and tough. And I mm. think... A lot of queer people come from some sort of trauma. Yeah. And I feel like this industry, just the nature of it, can be quite triggering. Whether that's just going into an audition and being your most authentic self, whether that's going out in front of hundreds of people every night and um, speaking your truth, but then going out into the outside world and having that completely thrown back in your face. It's mad, the, the, the parallels. 
Definitely. I mean, we, we all spoke about that a lot. Mm-hmm. But it's true. It's like even, you know, you go out in the outside world and you st- you get looks, you might get mm-hmm. cold here and there, but yet you're so celebrated on stage. Like, yeah. it's such a wild... It is weird. I mean, we're mm-hmm. so lucky and privileged that we're in this industry in terms of how, you know, I mean, we're not there yet at all. Like, mm. gosh, not at all. But in terms of there is not other many industries that really encompass you and bring you out and that is only recently that that has been allowed where people can bring their experience bring their you know their queer identities on stage but um yeah absolutely but even like what jazz was saying about like you know you find these gigs luckily i've 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 only really done queer stuff yeah and i'm so grateful because i feel like you do when you in theater you create communities in whatever show you could do any show and you're a family you're a community whereas there's something about when you're in a queer um um in a queer company or you're with queer people um just the just the bond that you have because you have to get to know each other you're there eight times nine times a week and you're you know you're doing a lot so it is mad actually i'm so lucky i feel like if i hadn't have had these experiences i wouldn't be who i am and where i am if Mm. i hadn't met the people that are you know and they allow you just talk you talk, you're not, you, you You talk out your thoughts and your feelings and you realise, oh my God, everyone is going through that. When yeah. you come through, especially coming from like, you know, like bloody working class background, you get your, <laughs> your, your man's man and your mum and stuff like that. It's sometimes it's, it, it, it's just not a thing. It's not a thing. Yeah. So yeah, I would say for me, that was my, that's probably my experience up to now and with Juliet. Mm. But um, absolutely, it's really really jarring isn't it especially with all the current stuff going on with like queer people queer phobia trans rights and stuff it's just it's weird but then on the other hand that's what makes it even more special you meet those trans and non-binary people at stage door queer people in general and they people cry like people sob it means so <laughs> much to people especially like they see two authentic queer people on stage in a loving relationship mm-hmm. or like finding their feet and it's just like, that is amazing. Like people just, you know what I mean? It just yeah, resonates with a lot of people and that's why it's yeah. important and that's why there needs to be more. Um, I I feel like adding on to that with Julia, I think that is what they did so well. I think, and that's why it's sad it's going. I feel like the show mm. celebrates. Like such I feel like shame. it's such evidence of like, you know what, having more people at a table does work. Yeah. do you get what i mean Absolutely. it does like it moves forward it also accesses so many more people i feel like people who came to juliet the special thing was is you could resonate with so many different characters in that show mm, and even the players even yes. us like we me and aaron had the pleasure of like going on mm. as ensemble being really mainly our ourselves like you had you talk with costume you sort of like figure out what you want they base it really on you like literally paloma said to me i've looked at your instagram and Mm. i was like oh my gosh amazing i don't know any other show that does that and it gives the freedom of expression um and that's the one thing that i feel like with juliet gone i hope that it's inspired new writing and inspired creatives and people to really look inward and be like you know what if we're going to reflect something let's reflect it backstage as well let's have the community if we're going to do a show let's have the community backstage be what it is on stage and let's go and create i feel like that is that's what theater is that is you you, theater you're supposed to 
go to watch theatre and feel um, represented or be able to connect to it. So when you open it up to a wider bracket, you're opening up your audience. That was literally my experience yeah. with Juliet. Like six months before I joined the cast, I'd watched it for the first time. And something about me, like mm. that's one character out of eight leads. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like Jazz yeah, said, there is a character that. for so many different storylines and so many mm. different people to look up to. And something about me, I was like, like this, like it was a weird feeling, but yes. like a good weird. Yeah. And I was like, wow like wow like mm. that is on stage right now mm. that's on a west end stage and you know it's a shame it's closed and it's great that it's going out on tour and it's going around the world but like jazz said like that story was one that deserved to stay yes. mm. like Absolutely. it really it really really did and like for me like even you know we were all training only a matter of years ago and like i said like the first person to talk to me about like understanding who i was as mm a queer person was an external and that's no shame on my teachers but i just feel like even yeah. five years ago when we were yeah. training musical theater was so different like jamie was probably the most like groundbreaking thing at that yeah. time i remember mm -hmm. seeing jamie for the first time and that was like yeah. oh my god that's there's a gay so kid funny. on stage like yeah. in drag like yeah. what is going on this and is the lead crazy as yeah well. and the lead yeah. of it yeah. like the center is around jamie and i was like oh my god this is amazing yeah and then that's why, like we said about Hope, from Jamie to then get something like Juliet and then like things like, I haven't even seen it yet, but like Jazz has talked to me so much about a Strange Loop, the fact that Strange yes. Loop is coming. Yes, like, absolutely. It, it does feel like we are, obviously like Joe said, there's so many more places to go, but I do feel like even with the things that are coming at our community, we are just pushing against it and hopefully and I, I pray and I think that there will be newer things coming for so many more people to delve into for so many more opportunities and so many people to find like light within either as an audience member or as you know part of the team because you know I was only an audience member six months before yes. I joined Julia and I was like oh my god like this is absolutely insane like honest parts Julia there is no, that queer part is not a caricature. Like Absolutely. there's there's a lot of things where like it the is serious. Yeah, actually the, the uh, most serious storyline. Most storyline, yeah. really. It, it's sort of like there's there's characters where like it really gets taken to a place, and there is space for that. Do you get what I mean? And there's yeah. joy in that, Absolutely. and it's great. But like I feel like with Juliet, May isn't like you are not going, oh my gosh, like, here we go, it's a typical set. It's literally just real life. Yeah. But Trans Awareness Week. Oh, yeah, Trans yeah, Awareness yeah, Week. We yeah. even raised, like, two grand for that. And I just went, it's so interesting how, like, audiences who probably weren't aware of that, of trans and non-binary people, mm -hmm. how they fell in love with a character, saw no danger. They saw this character with feelings. Fe feelings. Yeah. They saw them hurt the same way they do. They saw X, Y, and Z and resonate with them. And then at the end, they celebrate them. Like when they're the first people to bow and mm. everyone is up on their feet yeah. rooting for yeah, them. Yeah. So to me, I'm like, isn't it interesting how we've got you? <laughs> and you've <laughs> yeah. watched it and you've fallen in love and realized that like authenticity is key and like we had school performances oh and gosh, i remember yeah. even saying to joe like when joe was going out there i was like you'll oh be like so you've got this like because yeah. it, that's so scary because like even we're grown adults it's and kind of like, like it takes you back yeah. you're like i'm at school I'm at yeah school. Like, even just going out i remember gosh what 
I don't even know. I remember being really upset. Yeah. I don't know whether it was before or after. It was before. Well, it was just before I'm not a girl and I was like, mm. right during blow, you know, you have that split second yeah, in yeah. there. <laughs> 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 and then you've got to go out and give it, like, it's so like crazy. But I remember in that split second, I was like, oh my God, I really don't want to do this. Because, you know, it's amazing how school's in because they're like, they're so rowdy and they really like yeah, get on board yeah. with it. But I mean, just that, I think it, it is a scary thought because... Again, they don't lie. They're not going um, to think you anything. And they rooted for you. They and that's rooted yeah, they for do you. At the end, yeah. For us, you know, only being younger people, like school, what I was there five years ago, was so different yeah. to the stories it's that I mad, hear about school it? now. But this, this is the thing, like when Jazz was saying about families that would come and not know anything, like mm. I used to, like, for example, I remember one, one time on a double show day. Uh, after the matinee, I needed to go down to the box office and get some tickets for the evening. And as I went down, like it was quite quick after the show ended, there was like still some fam, well, some, still some audience members coming yeah. out. And one family came up to me, um, and I was just in the ensemble that day, and they were chatting to me about the show, how much they loved it, and it was it was just a normal typical family, yeah. few kids, um, parents, and. You, you could tell they didn't really know much about it because, I mean, mm. you know, people learn, but they misgendered the character of me. Yeah. But they were, as they were misgendering the character of me, they were like, um, that was all our favourite character. Like, and just literally non-stop rooting for me, just like to my face. And like, that is amazing. Like, yes. like you said, being from like a working class northern upbringing, <laughs> like being at school, like was a completely different time. And to know and that, and they say though, don't they, about kids like, kids are more no filter than anyone else. Yes, like they are learning absolutely. as they're developing, like they're developing, they're growing and they're learning. And like, I see TikToks of like, if you just tell a kid something when they're, when, when they're, they're so younger. little, they're younger. So they just mm-hmm. go, yeah, like it's, it's that easy for a kid to just understand that people are people because they have no other reason to believe, yeah, you know, even just uh, like, yeah. But I feel like adults, because because of backgrounds or like upbringings or what they they think is right or what they've learned and stuff it it's those to me mm. that like when those adults come and see the show and they're like oh my god this is absolutely fantastic like these yeah. stories the representation and you're like wow like wow it that does is, hit home yeah. it really does even with like i've got a nine-year-old sister she's 10 in like two yeah. weeks but ever since she was a kid like i think someone called Someone, obviously she's grown up around me yes. and I've always drilled into her because I'm like, for me, I had a lot of maybe like demons growing mm. up and you know, you speak about it in therapy, you get it all out. But in terms of like, I don't want, I just don't, I, I want her to be so like open-minded with yes. what the world is. Yeah. She knows me, she, obviously, and my friends and you know, she's around loads of different mm. people and the way like skills, someone called someone gay at school and she went, uh, actually, there's nothing wrong with being gay. <laughs> and like, you know, she's giving That's it back to her and she was like, mm. my, I mean, she, she's like, still calls me her brother and she's like, my brother's gay and actually there's nothing wrong with it and you can be anything you want to be. Oh. And I just thought, you know, in terms of like, that's a nine-year-old. Mm. Like, to me, I'm just like, wow, that, you know, and it just goes to show when you are around uh, people who are, it just completely takes any, um, um, like, queries, long, uh, <laughs> you might have of, you know, other people. It's like, you've got to, but yeah, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, she's just so open now and she knows that she can be anything she wants to be and she can do what she wants. Like, I think it's just, I don't, it's really hard it's really sad that it's so hard for people to 
um, say that and take that on or mm. tell the, their kids that, you know, and it's like the most, it, to me, that is just like the most, you know, um, simple thing in life, literally yeah. be what you want, who mm-hmm. you want and just lead with love, you know what I mean? What makes me laugh is that like, once once something is celebrated, like, mm. um, like, majorly like quite a lot of people are celebrating it suddenly a lot of people then all that um like i don't know what's the word like negativity around Mm. certain subject Mm. starts to filter away because Mm. they see all the other people like it so maybe i should learn more like it it Mm. like even and it's no one in particular but like even my personal experience like you know me being me being up north in wakefield like the looks and the stares and the the this that and the other like whatever and it didn't like it got to a point where it just didn't phase me anymore because i was literally like yeah I'm, i wear women's clothes clothes are clothes do you know what i mean whatever yeah. i've got long hair it's probably better than most people so whatever <laughs> and uh, i keep it healthy um but what was funny was that you know as soon as i booked a west end show being authentically mm. me you know going out there with a northern accent like joe playing mm. a character that is like celebrates that celebrates that mm. like who we are as people etc etc all those things suddenly like i'm a bloody what's it what's the word yeah um, beyonce i'm beyonce i go home and everyone's like god she's a west end wendy <laughs> so interesting like but, back like, there so many people do like obviously mm. supported me i'm not saying that like the whole of wakefield was like die yeah. but like <laughs> So many people did support me, but there was there was people that didn't. Well, people really. see people see that people see that before they see you and yeah. your talent, yeah. and that go, it goes for everything. It's like they see your queerness, whether you're a person of color, <laughs> whether you're you know what I mean. It, it like people like are just the way society and people can diminish a person yeah. just by how they look and how they identify. So completely, when you see people doing that, it goes, oh right, yeah, well obviously Actually, yeah. like. Do you know what I mean? We're all no just human beings. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. I feel like Julia and like obviously covering May has been one of the most amazing, but like also scary moments of my mm. life. Um, I learned a lot from that character as I resonated with a lot of it. And I feel like with Julia and where I was, it gave me space to explore myself. Mm. Um, for me it started becoming my life. The bathroom scene yes. is something that I feel like a lot of queer people go through. And it's also a lot of the time my experience. Oh my God. Like, I honestly, like, it's it's so hard um, to do that. And that, I feel like, has been quite triggering for, a, well, I'm not going to speak on their experiences, but for me, that has been the hardest because I feel like, oh my gosh, this is real life. This is when I go out. Like, we're, we're doing this gorgeous podcast. We want to go probably for a drink later. Instantly, we're thinking, right, so where's the space? Yeah. Where's the space yeah. that, w- that won't give us that? Just a safer space. Yeah, and sure, so, yeah. to me, how I played May, I feel like I grew a lot. I feel like um, the performer I was was interesting because I feel like me... I was growing and I was on this up and down journey. People who know me (laughs) closely know how much of that year was very, had some great highs and some low lows. Um, (laughs) So I feel like my May changed. Yes. Um, I got hair. 
um, which I started, pre- <laughs> I started, I started presenting like, I, I just grew as a person and I feel like May is such a fluid, <laughs> such, a, <laughs> such a fluid role. She's a snake. <laughs> I'm a snake. Um, that I feel like anyone who plays it, um, regardless of how they identify or where they are in their queerness mm. journey, it hits. If it doesn't, it, if it doesn't hit, and I'm not a girl, it hits in. What do you want from me? If it mm. doesn't, it hits at a wedding. It hits at, like there's some moments where you just go blimmin' act, like <laughs> wow. wow, yeah, like even Domino being a best friend, like going on, like you resonate so much yes, with a lot absolutely. of it and the joy and mm. having having a part that is joyful mm. and like I said before, like not a caricature and like just it's human and um, to see what that has done and how many performers now now it's like internationally yes. and it's gone out like it's in australia it's doing exactly mm. what it's meant to do now mm. um i'm so excited to see so many other queer people take on that role and see how mm. they go because it Everyone's it's life-changing yeah it's life-changing yeah. So like cool. people who do it are like yeah it comes to you at a very interesting time i think yeah. thank you for listening to this podcast If you're enjoying it, don't forget to subscribe or follow on your favourite podcast service. If you want to follow us on social media, you can follow us on Twitter at Queer Musicals or you can follow me at Dr James Lovelock. I feel like, for me, just in terms of, like, going into it, I felt, oh my gosh, I think, look back at it now and I think, oh my God, celebrities, amazing, but just, like, in terms of, Obviously, I spoke about it last time, but yes, like, I was right, kind of yeah. going through it in terms of like where I was at, where it, with my identity and who I was as a person. Um, I was really going through it. So just before legally, obviously, I had like a couple of months off, and I mm. could like work on myself. I had therapy and stuff. Um, I was able to talk a lot of stuff out. So I actually don't feel like I I I look back and I think, oh God, you know what? Actually, um, good on me in terms of I don't think I would have been able to do and give the performance or um, bring as much as me as I could to it if I hadn't of, you know what I mean? Yes, Because I felt like I, everything had settled a lot. Mm. So then for me, it was, I was almost past it so I could look back on it in a way. Yes, yeah. Um. So that was my experience on it. So then that was just a really lovely thing. And obviously in rehearsals, we spoke about so much about how this character was so real. Mm. Um. And, you know, it, usually the queer characters are always like, oh my God, like, and you know, it's like, oh, grr, yes, mama, yes, God. And obviously that is, we we need that because also that is also a huge part of queer, queer culture, Absolutely, black queer culture. Yeah. But um, to me, I just, I just always wanted to like, um, it was just always about just stripping it back and just not having any of that. So, and just to be able to bring someone again, like Aaron, like who was Northern and just mm-hmm. like, I, I don't know. It was just a completely different angle, and that's where I, what I took from it. And it just was, it was very euphoric, very very euphoric. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it's nice as well that you your your May was very different to the other two actors that had played it. Yeah. Uh, as well to Aaron and Alex. The, yeah. The big difference between how all three of you approached it. Also. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And it's yeah. and that's actually something that we spoke about in rehearsals. It was always. Um, let's find it for you yes 
Um, and you know, in the, I mean, it was a quick two weeks, so yeah, so it was <laughs> um, quick hop, skip onto the stage. <laughs> but like, it was, but as in, like, it was, it was what is made to you, let's find it for you. We made subtle changes, like, um, sorry, girls. Yeah, um, remember that. They were already six months in and they were like, right, so now, new choreography for our kids to go. Yeah, having a jazz to rehearsals, please. Oh, oh, like, six months in. So we just turned that to pointing. It's off to that's, that's kind of my gig. <laughs> oh, gosh, I remember that. They were them. like, we could tell Josie, yeah. Oh, what was yeah. Me, and jazz are like, yeah. Hey. me and Jazz are like, we've done this blocking for six months. Yeah, <laughs> just keep it. Yeah, they were giving it a good cutesy turtle oh, shed it. It was the line changes. It was all this. It was like, blimmin' act. Oh, so what do you think you're comfortable? <laughs> but anyway. I like, I like to keep my girls on their toes. I like to keep my girls on their toes. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so I thought, how can I ruin the live? No, yeah. yeah, well, I'm but interested no, we, in the line changes. What, what, what mm. Was there dialogue that changed between There was just Alex certain dialogue, like, um, uh, for instance, when they obviously took it to Canada and then it transferred mm. to Broadway, there was the um, foreign guys line that they took out because I right. think in on Broadway, I don't think that resonated yes. and I think uh, quite a lot of people took a bit of offence to that. Yeah. Um, which again, obviously understandable, I think as well, just a cultural difference yes, actually. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's why they changed that. And then there was a few, what do you want from me? We changed mm. um, the lines back and forth. Okay. So I think they did that on Broadway. However, yeah. I always said when I watched it, yeah. <laughs> and I wasn't able to say, I was like, don't really stick with me. I said, I feel like May was always, you know, Francois would say all this stuff and May would just stand there and not really mm. sing for a long time, which to me, I was like, my May, yeah. me, would walk <laughs> my off. May. My May. <laughs> my May. My <laughs> would walk off right now and not give them the time of day. So for me, my I'm May like, would fly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my May would do fisticuffs. Like, <laughs> my I mean? May would finish this song and sing No Tears Left to Cry. Oh my God, we spoke about that. Mm. May needs No Tears Left to Cry. Ariana Grande after What Do You Want From Me? Imagine. <laughs> oh, Brittany. Warm. I'm warm, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but no, yeah, and obviously we changed that and then it was more, for me, just in terms of like having a really big back and forth yeah. between me and Francois and that to me that highlighted more that these characters, yeah, they and by the end they finished the song clo so close yes. together. They want each other, they're just yeah. they're just not listening to one another. I think they always just said May was always about um, um, exploring mm -hmm. and someone finding themselves. And I think in a broader perspective, as someone who isn't going through like gender identity and discovering their queerness, just finding anything about anything out about yourself in yes. general, that is what you can relate to as me. Yeah. So I think that was, yeah. Absolutely. Aaron, tell us a bit about how oh you... My God. It is, God. Is it interesting as a, second, Aaron. as a second cover, <laughs> isn't it? Because you don't always get the chance to go on. Yeah. Mm. So it's great that you, you you got quite a few shows in the end. Yeah, you? I did. And I think that was what was like so amazing for me that i got mm. to do may quite a few times because I, mm. I really didn't expect it and for me i walked in very much like as i've been for quite a long time in my life my pronouns have been he him and i've just loved the feminine lifestyle yes. like <laughs> um i've loved the club like there's just so i, I do think i mean I'm putting air quotes around men's, but stereotypical men's fashion mm. is very much evolving now and like is so is a lot more diverse than it used yeah. to be. But like working in retail for however long I did, like nearly six years, that's again air quotes, men's fashion was just so boring. Like there was nothing to it. And I was really like happy who I was, mm. but just really loved that side of things. Yeah. 
Um, so I went into doing May very much like that. But I was, similar to Joe about the Northern thing, I was very surprised that they mm. let me from when I joined, like, do my Northern yeah. accent. Because mm-hmm. I did, like, when I was when I got the job and I was learning lines, I thought, right, I'm going to have to practice my RP. <laughs> like, here we go. You know, I need to appeal to the London crowds. Mm. But, like, when... I got told that I could use my own accent and like they want they wanted to hear it because it was also you know celebrating that in the yeah. show as well like it's not just about you know race and sexuality and gender like it's about who a person is like wholeheartedly so like I was mm-hmm. glad that I got to bring like my northernness to it and so many fans actually resonated with that like yes. I'm sure you got it yeah. as well like so many fans used to message me being like oh my god it is so refreshing to hear a northern accent on on a western stage like you just you don't tend to hear it really. Um, and I actually feel like a lot of musical theatre and shows that are up and coming and quite new are so northern nowadays Completely. as well. They always ask for your regional accent. Don't yeah, they? like yeah. standing at the sky's edge set up. Mm. Is it in Sheffield? Oh my gosh, I was Sheffield, gonna bring yeah. that up. Sheffield, like how amazing. Anyway, so my mate was um, very like where I was as a person, like mm. at the start, and very much just like I have throughout Juliet sort of like resonate more with me just in the fact that I still do resonate more with he him pronouns but yes. being more like gender fluid yeah. gender queer more of that like you know most of the time I do pass and people do assume that I am female so yeah. I do most of the time still answer to she her pronouns mm. and when I first started wearing like women's clothing like I didn't like it I was like no I am a boy I'm just wearing clothes that you don't Yes. seem to like put together mm. and like no like i'm doing my own thing but now i still resonate with that but i am more like if someone was to refer to me as she like i wouldn't be offended mm. and i and i quite resonate with that in a lifestyle as well that's what i grew with with me mm. um finding those a little bit more of like like nuances of being like you know a bit more gender fluidy um but i think what the way that i did it was just really i just took it how it is because like Mm. these two like a lot of different parts of it like the bathroom thing like what do you want from me was one of my favorite scenes um in the show and especially as me it was my favorite scene in the show because it was very much as someone who is um very effeminate and looks very feminine and you know sometimes passes the romantic attention that i get a lot of the times is from you know people who are curious about their sexuality or haven't had those experiences with queer people or are more you know they identify as straight but are trying it or you know potentially in the closet etc etc those sort of experiences are very much the ones that i've had romantically and Mm. for the may francois story francois francois Frankie storyline um you know that was very much a storyline that was someone who was you know scared to be their authentic self and mm. was in love yeah, yeah and great. was in love with with you know this person may and didn't know how to approach it yeah. and went back on it because they were scared and that is what a lot of experiences that I've had and sometimes like being the the secret that's kept in the closet by, you know, someone who identifies as Mayo, it 
it, it does great on you and it yeah. gets a lot at times. Mm. And I think that's what do you want from me? That was when I felt most like, yeah. mm. and it brought the anger out that I needed to get out in that scene. But I was like, I was angry because like, I was like, this is, this is what I get. Mm. And I'm sick of it. And I have taken um, a lot of, you know, time for myself now. And I'm like, but yeah. Also, it's hard not to get looking on yourself when that yeah. is the um, experience you're having. Yeah. Then you go, is it me? Yeah. You mm, always think that not. you're the problem. And it's like, no, it's, and it's no shade to them because people <laughs> figure <Francois>. out, <laughs> people figure out how, you know, their experiences on their own time. And that's totally fine. And I'm never going to pressure or push anyone, but obviously we are people too on the other side of it. And we can't just, number one way around we can't just number two you know be tret like you know the, the secret on the side we can like we, we are people and we deserve romantic connections that are able to be out there for the world and i think that's why what what do you want for me really resonated but my journey with me by the end i was like i just want to have fun like i really want to have fun and similarly to jazz as well like having my family in and like some of my dad's side of the family, because my dad's the Indian side of the family, like, that was, like, life-changing for me because I mm. I don't really go to, like, the Indian weddings anymore yeah. on, like, my dad's side of the family anymore because I just, I get a bit freaked out about what people will say because they're very honest, do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, you put on, you'd put on two pounds and they'd be like, God, you've gotten fat, mm. do you know what I mean? Like, yep. <laughs> no shade, you know, but that's just the sort of culture on my dad's side and I was very scared for like some of my dad's side of the family to come and sit in the audience and watch my f my it was like my third May show I think yeah. um and I was like oh my god and just the fact that they loved it and I remember actually the first time they watched my ensemble they was like we need to come and see you do May like I'd not even told them really like outwardly that I was doing May like that I was covering yeah. and they'd obviously spoken to my fam my mum and dad about it and they was like we need to see you do that storyline because that is amazing mm. and I was just like that's that's a full circle moment wow. because yeah. it's like for something that was so you know a lot of my family on the Indian side do have arranged marriages still and you know, for conversations leading up to like what sixteen years of age, some with some of my aunties being like, "So when are we going to find you a girl to marry?" Mm. Like, you know, some of those conversations still happen Gosh. happening when you like when you think you've like found yeah. a lot of yourself. Still ways to go. Mm. You're like, who? They're about to come and see me play a character that is really like sort of quite real to me, mm. and it's not that. Yeah, like I didn't even used to wear my long hair around. Like I'd oh when I when I'd go around, I'd like I'd tie my hair up. And I am a very free and open person. Like, I will walk down any street, anywhere. But when it comes to family, yes. that's where sometimes, obviously... Isn't it, isn't it mad, though, hard. that, like, that is... I felt like that is almost, like, a lot of our experience with it, like, in terms of, you know, when our families come, it was a very big moment yeah. of, like, like, you know, I feel like that was... <laughs> that was, that was the most... Th the first time the last time when I had friends and family in and the one in like the middle mm. where I had just really like family, mm. like a few members of the family, that was when I was like, oh, let's see what happens. Mm. But by the end, I was just like, I just want to have fun because mm. I feel so free with this role. Yeah. I feel happy to do and this role. That. Mm. Yeah, and I just, I was mm. I was happy to do it. It's great that you've all had this experience in Angelia and Joe. We spoke last time a little bit about Legally Blonde and Rent and this idea of mm. sort of queer companies and queer spaces and that sort yeah. of thing. Um, so I'm interested in thinking about theatre more in general now and what theatre can do to be more welcoming for <laughs> people across the queer community. Um, yeah. So, yeah, anyone got any thoughts on that? 
I feel like I'm so excited for new writing. Mm. I'm so excited to hopefully be around a project or upcoming projects where people have like so many voices and um, allow opportunity for everyone. Um, and I feel like that is definitely one option that I feel like will excel and be better. I feel like a lot of productions at the moment are changing and it's great. Um, however, I feel like as a queer performer and artist, like, I don't really want to go into a show and try and fit a mould yes. and be like, oh, yeah, well, they might consider me. I feel like moving forward, new new writing could be really something special, especially with mm. Juliet closing. Yes. And obviously we had the pandemic. I bet there's a, a catalogue of writers mm. and creatives that mm. just want to like put their work out or try new things and um i think that excites me about the industry um and where we're at we have a, a long way to go um in within terms of representation i feel but it's about creating a space a safe space and about allowing opportunity for everyone we're a generation of performers who are very outspoken um, and we'll really call it out now, especially after the pandemic. There's been a lot of topics over that time yeah, where everyone yes. was sat, where like there's been movements happening, especially even uh, BLM. Yes. Like there are so many things that now, like people need to like turn up. Yeah. Do you get what I mean? People 100%. need to like realize what's happening because you know now. Yes. Yeah. I was saying the same thing. I've I've realised a lot as well, like, for me, I, I just, I, again, I've been lucky with the stuff I've done, but I do just want to be in these queer spaces. I feel like for what they've done for me, I, I and also just in terms of being held yes. as a performer and as a person, mm. you, like, I've had moments where I've not felt held and then you, when you're being so vulnerable and putting your work out there and you're, you know, you're in a space where you uh, have all lights on you, and then you've got other things where, you know, people aren't saying stuff, but it's in terms of showing up for yes. like, you know, that person or mm. uh, you, you hear something and you don't say anything or someone misgenders you and someone doesn't say anything or um, it, it's just not cute. Mm. Um, and so for me, I don't want to. I, I would rather not be in those spaces. Yes. It, again, it's like if, um, you know, when um, casting will open their doors up mm. to everyone but yet you look at the creative team and that doesn't reflect it. Like, I think I yeah. said that last time yes. in terms of like, it, um, your cast should reflect also backstage. Yes. Because um, it's important yeah. that you can have someone to go to, you know. Uh, no, but adding to that, I actually do think if you can't reflect it, maybe don't. go elsewhere. Maybe mm. look elsewhere. Maybe do something else that you yeah, can absolutely. do. I don't think there's any harm in going, we can't find it. Okay, if we can't find it. Let's go look for it. Let's. Go look mm -hmm. for it. And if we still can't, don't do it. Yeah. I yeah. just think because ultimately you're not going to get the best out outcome. So I've been doing like a, a few things that is like new writing and it's mm. bringing your queer experience and bringing... You're working you know, on something for Finn, aren't you? For B. Uh, yes. Yeah. For instance, that, yeah. that uh, that's something that is really exciting. It's like a new... This person speaking about their queer experience, actually mm. speaking about how they have like these fetishes and kinks. Yes. And, you know, uh, the queer community is so like sexually liberated mm. because mm. we have to be. It's sometimes used as such like a bad thing and weaponized against yeah. us when actually it, it isn't that. And this is a character who speaks about that openly and the show is about that. It was actually set in the 90s about, you know, the movement where um, like 400 uh, or was it 400 like gay and bisexual men got um, um, 
uh, imprisoned for like mm. uh, sodomistic sex mm. essentially and it was all consensual it was all mm. th- fine but yeah and I think 40 people went were actually imprisoned yeah. um, and then that led to like the first S&M march mm. it led, like it was so much like yeah. it was a really really pinnacle time in like the queer but anyway in terms of that like you know there's stuff there and it it, it is exciting because yes. you're bringing you to a character and to me that is what is exciting. So if it means actually not, um, not going in for things or not uh, not working for a while, because then when these things come along, it's like it's like stardust, and you know you get to put your own spin on it. And to me, that is um, that is so exciting, and that fulfills me. As mm. so, I feel like that's maybe where I'm at. But what about you? What about me? <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think I agree with everything these two have said about new writing but i think for things that are already you know here i feel like i've noticed great things already like we say we still have a long way to go but like even you know from the way that i present and being more gender fluid that like i get called into female calls sometimes Mm. which is great Mm. but then me and my agent speak about this and we sort of say like well which show in which show, like, what ensemble would you want to be mm. in? And it's, like, the fact that we still have this mm-hmm. very gendered ensemble. Yes, absolutely. Like, like, don't get me wrong, Juliet was great, and it was one of the most diverse mm. casts that was in town. Like, absolutely amazing. And that's something I want to touch on as well in a second. But, like, you know, it was still a Juliet and Romeo crew. It's still, you know, air quotes around it, which mm. I know that they tried to, you know, they did something, but... It was like, by the end of it, I was going on, Jazz was going on, even Nathan and obviously Rachel, Sophie and Suki, we were going on for the opposite cruise. Yeah. And it was like, <clears throat> if us swings are expected and sort of, you know, paid to know these mm. other types of choreographies that are sort of sort of gendered in, a, in the tiniest way, yes. like, why can't just everyone do everything? Do you know what I mean? And it's like, yes. and my yeah. agent even raised a really great great point to me when we were talking about it he was like you know when i was talking to him about you know being so open to different ensembles and like for example in frozen like (laughs) i am five foot six i Mm. couldn't lift and it's nothing about you know (laughs) but i and i didn't get any part of her training in college (laughs) like we didn't do any of it really so i'm like i would get tangled (laughs) um i was like i could not be in the frozen air quotes male ensemble because I would not be able to lift any of those girls. I would give it a good bash if they put me in it. Like, pay me the money and I'll try. But, like, that was a conversation where where I was like, I'd much prefer to be in the female ensemble. But then, you know, my agent was like, it's very much that, you know, people out there are trying to do something by saying, like, on the spotlight breakdowns, looking for female ensemble and then brackets, that can be trans non-binary but then just take out the female ensemble part of it and just call people in for a call yeah Yeah. and just see what they can do like because essentially as gender fluid you know someone who is like gender fluid you're essentially saying what is the binary you're essentially what is what is masculine and what is feminine yeah you know so So it's like like i went in for a round that was for male ensemble and the, mm. the choreography was very masculine and don't get me wrong i loved it yeah. but then when i heard about someone that had been in for the 
the female ensemble and that their routine was completely different, it sounded sexy as fuck. Like, it sounded amazing. And I was like, I want to do it. And that's not me trying to say only queer people should be in for both calls or only queer people should... Like, just teach everyone a a routine or two that you can see what everyone can do and then make the decision from there. Do you know what I mean? I just feel like it should be... We should just be an ensemble of people. Like, that's why we're called the ensemble. Like, we're an ensemble of people. We're not... We don't need to be split even further. Like, we're already in a team of people. So that, I feel like, for me... On some on things that are already here would be where my stance is. Like just mm. try and make us an ensemble of people. Like we're all musical theatre professionals. Like yes. we can all come together and you know do the job that needs to be done. Just you know be a bit more well rounded. Mm. Um, I think the other thing is, I think for me, being in Juliet and being in my first job and like I talked about earlier about like my family coming to watch and like my Indian side of the family. I used to push away from like my Indian culture um, because I felt like I wouldn't be deemed is worthy the right word. I'm not sure, but like with what the Indian culture is, and not to say that anyone in my family necessarily like actually directly gave me grief. Yeah. I think it was just you know trauma and fear in my head sure. of like would I fit into the Indian culture? And right now, after like my Indian, some of my Indian family have come to see me and they've loved it. Like it's made me feel so much more proud of like who i am and like my indian culture and like i go back and i watch the films that i used to watch with like my dad growing up like the bollywood films that like three hours long and i just love (laughs) it and i want like i want to go out and learn more about my culture i want to learn punjabi like i want to do so much more but i think for me what i see in musical theater at the minute is not enough asian representation and it really bugs me with a show like for example aladdin I'm sorry, but if we're going to talk about, like, race, it's not just black and white. It's really not. Mm. And, like, in shows that are out there that really push for history to be Mm. shown in a great way with, um, you know, different representation, I know that Aladdin is a fictional story, but it's set in the Middle East. Mm. Find some Middle Eastern (laughs) actors to do the role. Mm. Like, I don't understand why... I just don't get it personally as someone from a Middle Eastern background, from my family being from India. But even with the controversy about Aladdin pantomimes, like you've got white people playing Aladdin. I feel like that is where a lot of it lies. You know what I mean? In terms of Aladdin has been taken out into pantomimes, into places that do not have that representation. So then because that wasn't an issue until recently and like brought up as an issue until recently, Mm. I feel like Aladdin has been getting by with like, people who are olive skinned or like do you know what i mean and i just feel like interesting to see who the creative team was like yeah because i'm just like there's middle eastern people out there like just said earlier when you when you can't find something go a bit further and if you can't find it then don't put it on Mm. because if it's not accurate in the way that you want it to read like you can't just put a bunch of you know black and white people into saris and be like there we go we've got our cast like no like find some middle eastern people because you will find a lot out there bollywood just like hollywood is one of the most successful entertainment industries in the world Mm. and that's people who sing act and dance a lot of the biggest stars yeah they they lip sync to singers Mm. you know in the films but like that is a massive entertainment industry that you could go and find so many people who could do this job Mm. So for me, I think that's where in the last year, like I found more of like, 
the Asian authenticity in me as well. And I'm like, I really want to celebrate that. And I think that musical theatre should as well, because I don't think um, we see enough Asian people on stage. But we saw so many in Anne Julia, and I think that was amazing. And Anne Julia and Broadway, there's so many Asians over there as well. And I love that. Yeah. But yeah. No, that's my two pens. Um, I'm going to a. a just for, for people who are listening, there's a musical called Interstate, uh, which is a new musical. It's mm -hmm. in America, uh, written by Melissa Lee and Kit Yan. Um, and I did, actually, one of the podcast episodes I did for Series 1 was mm -hmm. with the cast of that, and I was lucky enough to go and see it in Los Angeles. <gasps> um, but oh. that is well worth checking out because there is loads of Asian representation in Amazing. that. Mm. Uh, trans representation as well. Yeah. Um, and it's yeah, it's just a really fun score, and hopefully yeah. uh, that's, that's a show that will we'll get bigger, along with some of the other yeah. things that are being mm -hmm. written at the moment. But thank you all so much. It's been so lovely to chat with you all. <laughs> and uh, thank you so much for having us. No, it was a pleasure. Yeah, like Mike TV is literally going through puberty on stage in front of your eyes. You can't <laughs> get that anywhere else. <laughs> you want it authentically. <laughs> You've got it. Trans people. <laughs>